Sports Denver Broncos edition. I'm Zach. I'm always here with my colleagues Anthony and Jimmy. On me with right now. You got the OG Anthony. What's up, man? I got Tony on here. I got Jimmy got your boy on here. as well. Oh, Let's go, boys. Got boys. the TD how, jersey how on, ready to go. Yep, digging the TD jersey. How you doing? How you guys doing? Doing good. Yeah, we all yes. recovered. We all recovered yeah. from Monday. We're I'm all ex- doing better. I, I'm excited to watch football again. Yes. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, I'll do a little bit of recapping for you guys. Um, so on Tuesday, I woke up that morning, and I was salty. I was pissed. Um, because I don't know why I do this to myself, but I always try to like mix up the local stations and I'll throw in some national level media in there too, just to see what the, the outside perspective is and what's going on as far as that goes. And yeah, it was a lot of it was just like, I don't know what the hell Nathaniel Hackett was doing. That was embarrassing. 19 and a half million people were watching the most on Monday night football since 2009. I'm just like, oh, man. So I just progressively got angrier and angrier. And, yeah, mine and Jimmy's TikToks certainly felt the pain on that one. Like, Absolutely. Like we, uh, we didn't take a week off like we were joking. Uh, we sat there and we took it, and it was brutal. Uh, I'm sure you've been hearing some stuff, too, on your end, Anthony, as well. Um, yeah, it's not as bad, though, yeah. because I haven't uh... – got a TikTok yet so well that's one of, just, that's one of the great reasons yes. that's one of the good reasons not to <laughs> yes um, hey, we're working on that though we're gonna get it you was, it was a uh it was brutal just to say the least anthony so but it's fun you know some of the things i've been duetted in was pretty funny uh, i'm not even gonna lie um just like ah, i knew that was gonna come back that's just the way it goes uh that's the nfl and that's what makes sports so great it's just the uh, trash talking that comes along with it so yeah. You know, I just you hear about the explanations from Daniel Hackett. You hear about the reasons why he decided to not go for it on fourth and five, kick that field goal, sixty-four uh, yard field goal. I must say, um, miss it, and then proceed to call timeouts when the Seahawks are trying to kneel the ball and you know run out the clock <laughs> in the game. And uh, uh, hey, correct. Hold on. Correct me if I'm wrong, fellas. Has I, I thought I thought I saw a stat that Branovic Manis has never hit a field goal over sixty yards. That is correct. All over right. six. Oh yeah. There, there we go. That's I did the, not see that, but that's that is interesting. Yes. Yeah, McManus right. over six over sixty yards. That's what I thought I saw. So there's an, there's another. Come on. Like <laughs> it's it's. It, I mean, we've been hearing about it all week. Yeah. It's, you, you don't pay. You didn't pay your kicker two hundred fifty four million dollars. You know, and that kick in your kicker and all that stuff too. (laughs) Exactly. You know, we don't. I love Brandon McManus, but even if we had Justin Tucker, I still don't. No, I mean, if I'm if I'm if I have Lamar Jackson on my team, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Lamar and try and get that fourth and five. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Broncos. I have Russell Wilson. Uh, prolific quarterbacks when trailing in the second half yeah, of clutch. all time. Pure clutch. 
yes, I'm going to, I'm going to, but Hey, hopefully Nathaniel Hackett learned his lesson. We move said it himself. He's like Tuesday morning. We've moved on. Yeah, he was going back and forth on his stuff, but he ultimately owned up to it. He's like, you know, like Broncos country deserves better, all that stuff. Got it. I think the reason why and crucifying the man is because of the last six years, the last six years mm-hmm. in Broncos, sorry, in Broncos country have been a shit show to say the least. And so any little, any mistake, this was a awful mistake, but any does without stringing up some wins, stringing up some su- success to go along with it is going to be scrutinized to the fullest extent. And that's Broncos countries. We're battered children. We are. We're abused children right now. Uh, right. So uh, that's just the way it goes. But, hey, we're on to a new week. Uh, we, we play the Texans uh, in less than two days. Um, and I'm feeling good about it. You know, I, I'm back on track. I'm back on track. We got that Seahawks game out of the way. That was a, an emotional toll on the Broncos for sure. Uh, all across the board, it was the most watched Monday Night Football game, like I mentioned earlier. It was a highly anticipated football game. And to lead your season off like that was a obviously a tall task for this football team. So um, a lot of things to tighten up, but we'll see how they do on Sunday. So, boys, the floor, hey. is, a, the floor is yours. What's your closure? And speaking on emotions, like you were just saying, I went back and rewatched the game, you know, with a clear mind, you know, without the heat of the moment and everything kind of on, you know, on the spotlight. And there's a lot of good to take away from that game. Um, you know, we obviously know the, the few plays, you know, down on the goal line, especially that, that really haunted us, the penalties, this, that, you know, we, we all know about that. There was a lot of good in that game, though. I mean, 340 passing yards from Russell Wilson. He was what was it, 70% completion percentage, I believe it was. I mean, great numbers. I mean, you hope to get more than one touchdown out of that. But we had a drive go from the one-yard line to the one-yard line. That is great football. That is. You know, you, there's a lot of good that, that came from that game. And it's why I after, – especially after rewatching it, I am – Still very optimistic about this team. You know, there's some things that we obviously need to work on. We got to get some things together. But, man, I, I, I'm just as optimistic as I was before Seattle after rewatching it with a clear mind. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a ton of good. I mean, we were li- literally inches away from winning that game. Right. Obviously, the two fumbles were – I mean, Javante's was a few yards back, but – Melvin's was right on the goal line. Like you could have argued that he almost had possession crossing the plane, but then people forget about the absolute dot that Russell Wilson threw rolling to his left to, uh, was that Saubert that dropped that touchdown pass? Was it? Yes. Yeah. Saubert. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough catch. He should have had it. But that, I mean, that could have been, we could be, you know, talking about something completely different now, obviously. And mm-hmm. also the Tomlinson catch that was literally like his big toe hit the line. Right. So we, they were literally inches away from winning that game. And I mean, I, I, sudden I, false start, you know, it keeps yeah. going. Oh, I forgot about that too. They scored on that. It's like they pulled a page out of the Chiefs book that played right. like a little shovel pass they run with Kelsey all the time. They scored on that. Yeah. And then false start, of course. But yeah. Yeah, 
but there it was going the opposite way. So I had exactly. to just get that in real quick. Yeah, that, I, I, that's a good point. I like that you brought that up, Jimmy. But yeah, there was a ton of good stuff. And one thing I did want to mention that I actually started seeing today, they have, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Tyler Lockett was mic'd up for the game. Yeah, I did see it. I saw that. And oh. yeah, and he literally. I don't buy it. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily. He still put 40 yards. Right. On. And that's what, that was what I was going to bring know? up. Like, that's what I was going to bring up was <laughs> even if he was, for people that don't know, Tyler Lockett is, was mic'd up during the game. And videos have since been put out that shows him telling the sideline that Russ is using the same hand signals and stuff that he was using in Seattle. So every time he would do something pre-snap, Lockett was yelling out to the guy, the defensive guys, like what was happening and stuff. <laughs> Who knows if it was true or not? But like Zach just brought up, he still put up 340 yards. The right. Broncos offense moved well, the ball pretty much at yeah. will, really. How I mean, and then then it leads. Well, I mean, these signs could be pretty widely used around the league. You know, like a lot of quarterbacks go off of yeah, each very other universal. and all that stuff. You know, it's like it's like baseball, like. Cool, cool, Lockett. Right. Figured it out. Like, you cracked the code, but Russell Wilson still threw 340 yards on your ass and yeah. nearly had three touchdowns. You know what I mean? Literally, like, almost like the three touchdowns I just brought up. Yeah, the three touchdowns I just brought up would have been passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, were they on? I think that maybe they were. Oh, they had, two of them had to be again? on separate. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was just coming um, out really, really fast, but you're good now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, those three plays that I just brought up, the Salbert, Tomlinson, and then I don't even know who the shovel pass was to. Do we remember who that Beck. was to? That was another tight end. Uh, Beck. Yeah, that Beck. Beck. Right, okay. Um, who had a great game, by the way. He, yes, yes, he did. But was that on three separate drives, or the Tomlinson one and the Beck one was on the same drive? Uh, Jimmy has the fresher mind. Yeah, you. Uh, or were they all three on the same it, drive? No, I don't uh, remember. I don't remember. I'm trying honestly. to. I'm trying to remember exactly. I guess it doesn't I matter. But two, yeah, two of them were. Two of them were. Yeah, I think two of them were. But it doesn't matter. Like right there, it could. He could have had a 360 plus yard game, three touchdown game. You know, like it right. could have been that easy. And I, yeah, I definitely wasn't bringing up the, um, the locket video to kind of bust bust uh wilson's balls no or anything, no you're but, good i mean yeah I did hear but about that, though. it was just i think it was funny how that got brought up but yeah i agree with you guys there's a lot of good that came from this game and i think another thing is that i think we mentioned it a little bit on our pot on our reaction pod but like this had to have been an emotional game and i don't care how cool comic collected russ is and i mean he poured his heart and soul into seattle for 10 years mm-hmm. 10 years and I don't care how he, you know, how he felt or how he says he felt. I'm sure coming out to booze when he sees every other quarterback that in recent years that have left their kind of their home per se and mm-hmm. came back to play, they all got standing ovations and stuff and he's getting booed. And I have I think a lot of that has to do with that jackass Pete Carroll who is yeah. A little just like a side note. My mom was over here watching the game. She watched like the first half of the game with me or just over here yeah. at the house. And she's, I was kind of explaining the situation because they were doing all the pregame stuff about the breakup between the Seahawks and Russ. And I, and I was kind of bitching about Pete Carroll. And she's like, 
that dude just looks like a douchebag. <laughs> and I was like, he, he is a 70-year-old douchebag. Yes, that's exactly what he is. He is so full of himself and such, he has such a big head. If you don't have Reggie Bush and Matt Liner, you're not even a fucking NFL coach. So sit your old ass down and chew some more double bubble. Like, get the fuck out of here. Zach, was it you what? that said um, that Russ is going to end up retiring a Bronco? Was that you? Was that uh, someone? I have said that. I don't know if I've said it openly, though. But I've, had, I've said that before because that just seems to be the trend with players that come to, you know, you had Champ Bailey, you had well, just, Nate Manning, you had just all these wait, players. Just you know. wait for, the, for the, re, the response and the reactions and the, that stadium on Sunday. Oh, oh they're yeah. going to. Gonna... Russ, Russ, Russ has never felt anything like that. And I think when I think about, like, Russ playing his first game, like first real game, non preseason, first regular season game in front of Broncos fans at Empower Field. I think of like when Melvin Gordon, because his first year he signed with the Broncos, he played that full season, the COVID season, when there was no fans in the stands, like barely any near the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, and he talked, and he he's on record talking about like I just want to hear these fans and. He said, like, how insane Broncos fans are and the reception he got. And Melvin Gordon was an interdivision rival, somebody right, we didn't yeah. root for at all. So imagine the, the response that Russ is going to get. And I think that has a lot to do with it, how passionate Broncos fans are. I mean, mm-hmm. Broncos, I mean, Broncos country means something. And I know you – I mean, us three understand that. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people that are true Broncos fans really understand that. One of the best – I just want to give a shout-out to Broncos country while I'm at it because, like – this is oh, like yeah. they are a big, a huge fan base and a very, very loyal fan base. And just like going off of piggybacking off of Russ p- potentially retiring as a Bronco, he, if he plays six years here, he probably will. Yeah. Honestly. Because like I can you see said, it too. Like you said, that yeah. just seems to be the trend. For sure. And I, I think Russell Wilson's really going to have like a I'm here moment pregame when he runs out that tunnel and he's kind of like, you know, hanging out near the 50 yard line or so. And he sees it's going to be nuts. Yeah. He sees threes a, everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And he sees a badass Bronco running across the field instead of a mm-hmm. stupid bird flying across <laughs> the field. <Come> on. <laughs> um, one, one more thing about this whole thing that I just wanted to kind of get off my chest is, you know, I just wanted to address the, uh, the booing situation again with the Seattle Seahawks fans and, uh, bottom line up front, I thought it was very disrespectful to Russell Wilson. Regardless, if he wanted to leave Seattle, if he was getting traded out of Seattle back in 2018, or they weren't letting Russ cook, just for the fact of the kind of person and man Russell Wilson is, the fact of the matter is that he poured his heart and soul not only into the but also into Seattle and Washington. Right. He He's a Walter Payton man of the year. He, yeah, he, he went exactly. to the Children's Hospital all the time for Blue Fridays. Uh, it's like Orange Fridays here in Denver. They have Blue right. Fridays there in Seattle. And he would just – him and Sierra would spend the day hanging out with the kiddos there. He would do all these foundations for kids, for kids that want to play football. He had the quarterback camp there. He poured his heart and soul into Seattle. And for Seattle fans to boo him because he doesn't play for your team anymore is absolutely ridiculous. It, it's, it's truly, truly disrespectful. 
and Seattle fans should be ashamed of themselves. And I've heard, I've heard many different conversations back and forth on, oh, you know, it's just, you know, he's going into the stadium, he's wearing the different uniform, you know, that's why they're booing him. I'm like, no, Seattle fans took it personal. Seattle fans have been taking this personal since March. And, and the fact that I heard it when Bobby Wagner, they were comparing Bobby Wagner and Russell oh, Wilson and like all this stuff. And like Bobby Wagner is probably going to get a standing ovation when he returns back to Seattle. Uh, only for the fact that he didn't want to be traded from Seattle. I don't right. know what Bobby Wagner has done for Seattle itself for like the community and stuff, but I can guarantee that Russell Wilson has done than Bobby Wagner has done for their city. And that is truly, truly, truly saddening. It's disrespectful. Seattle fans, you should absolutely be ashamed of yourself. You are the dog stain of the NFL at the moment for doing that. And I'm not the only person that thinks that. So well, no, what do they say? They, they obviously they give out awards every year at NFL honors. MVP seems to like everybody thinks that's the biggest award. What does the NFL say is the biggest award that is given out? It's the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, mm-hmm. and that's an extremely, extremely like it trumps all. It, it trumps all other exactly. awards, mm-hmm. and and only a very few get to wear that patch on their jersey. And Russell yep. Wilson's one of them, and he did it while a Seahawk. Exactly. Right. And, and the way I, I see it too, like once, once the lights are on for opening kickoff happens, all's fair game at that point, I th- in fine. my opinion. That's fine. You know, yes. I get that. Free game, show the man some respect. I, I, I want to give a shout out to my dad actually in this moment because he was my, I played like competitive travel basketball all growing up. My dad was my coach and I would constantly, me and my teammates would constantly play against a bunch of our good buddies from school and stuff. And he would say, get your, and my dad has a quote that I still think about. He says, you could be friends before you can be friends after, but during the game, you're not friends. And that's, I'm okay with that. If they wanted to boo Russ in game, that's one thing, but to do it before, yeah, to do it before that is not okay. Not okay at all. Real quick, guys, I just want to address something that's going on in my TikTok live chat right now. Um, we have someone saying Russ didn't do squat for us for winning besides the community. Like, man, you're, so you're going to value a win over, oh over what someone does for your community? Come on, bro. Well, like, even then, even, even he, then, it's, he kept he your franchise relevant for the last 10 years. It, Let's exactly. be real. Like, oh, my God. Like we're saying, like, you guys made it the pre- perennial playoff <laughs> contender. Said no. Break. Cut me a freaking That's break. ridiculous. That is absolute. And you know what that is? It's ridiculous. Just an arrogant fan who is not a non-intelligent fan mm-hmm. that doesn't know what the other time about. They're just salty exactly. that because that that person probably has a Russell Wilson jersey in their closet. Exactly. And we're just For hurt, sure. dude. We were hurt when Vaughn left. We were hurt exactly. when Demarius left. Mm-hmm. And. What happened when they walked in the stadium for the first time in Broncos country? I was at the game. I was at the game. The first game, Demarius came back when he's with the Texans. I wore my Demarius jersey, and that th- we put him on the stadium. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's just it's it's respect. That's all. I mean, I, I don't get it. I'll never understand why why Seattle fans want to be that way. But hey, that's that's their prerogative, not ours. And the fact that that person said that he did, didn't, didn't do anything on the field to help win, give me a fucking break. Excuse my language. Give me a break. Right. 
No, we no. Broncos country knows all too well about about how important a quarterback is, and the the Seahawks were spoiled as the Broncos were when we've had mm-hmm. two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in our past that have gr- given us great memories. The Seahawks were spoiled that they landed a third round quarterback that is going to be a future Hall of Famer that took them to two Super Bowls, won one and probably and should have won the other. Like, give me a break. That is just, that like kind of stuff pisses me off when fans get let their emotions get the best of them and just pretty much just ignore facts because it's a fact that Russell Wilson was the reason that not the sole reason, but a very large reason why the Seahawks have had sex have had so much success this last decade. That's just ridiculous. If, no, if Matt Flynn agree, starts, bro. if Matt Flynn starts Russ's rookie year, they're not doing what they did. They're not going exactly. on the run they did. That's just, None of that ever comes to fruition. My, go- my goodness. Let's move on past that guy. That's ridiculous. For sure. No, for sure. I just, <laughs> I just want to address that. I'm not going to address any. By the way, I'm not addressing anything else in the comments, guys. You guys can go nuts if you want, but um, it is not a quiet live. We have three people, only two on the live. But let's keep it rolling. Because, that, yeah, that's a ridiculous statement to make. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's all I'll say about it. it uh, I mean, I got to get, get TikTok live now. If this is the kind yeah. of comments that are going to be happening, oh yeah, my goodness, it'll get you fired up, man. Because I'll be, so, I, 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 yeah. I you would have had so much fun with me oh, after goodness. the Seahawks game, bro. You would have <laughs> had so much fun with me. <laughs> my goodness, how ridiculous! Um, yeah. Moving on, Russell Wilson's a great man. I don't care what anybody thinks. Um, at the end of the day, that's all you have. You build a legacy, and that's what you roll off of because football is temporary. And for those fans that decided it'd be a good idea to boo the man, you should probably take a look in the mirror. That's all I'm going to say about it. Mm -hmm. So keep throwing your comments out there. Go ahead. Keep showing your ass. All right. Moving on. Just helps Um, my videos. (laughs) Haters make you famous. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Which, by the way, Jimmy, you're almost at 6K, bro. Yeah, 16 followers away, man. I'm, That's I am awesome. Stoked. Well, big shout out to you. I know all the hard work you put into it. On... Oh, actually, know, one having... follower away. My bad. I, I, got a, I got followers since we've been in here. There you go. Let's uh, go. Work you put into uh, it's tough doing that with the wife and all that stuff. So. Hey, I just got another follower. Let's go. You you rock six that day. student pastor. That's perfect. There we six go. Day right there. We got a pastor. There we go. We got go. six K goon in here. <laughs> so, can you sign my titties spot. for me? Can you sign my titties? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Come over to the pod late night. Um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, Cinemax pod that we have. <laughs> oh yeah. That's not. Uh, I got a link for that in my bio, guys. <laughs> all right oh moving on so so i've been uh i've been kind of replaying the uh indianapolis colts so we're moving on to the next week's game where we we have our closure with the broncos in seattle good jobs have fun going one and 16 for all i care whatever <laughs> if that's what you guys really want whatever um so, anyways, moving on to the Texans now. This is the have, team. Yeah, have fun. Sorry, have fun watching Russ go to the playoffs again. <laughs> I know, since right? he did nothing for you guys. Whatever. Oh, God. 
Crown, crown Geno Smith all you want. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. No hate towards Geno Smith, but the fans. No, just, none, but come on. But like, yeah, you know, you know how it is. But anyways, yeah. Houston now. It's uh, all Houston now. Just kidding. Um, so I've been having the, uh, the Colts. Just kind of on replay. I've been looking through them. I looked through them earlier today and stuff. And biggest takeaways, I have three big takeaways. Um, uh, their offensive line is struggling. Uh, even though they have Tunsil and all that stuff, uh, it seems like that the Colts' defensive line was able to best their offensive line pretty, pretty easily. Um, and then another takeaway is that uh, this was actually uh, something that I read and I looked into. Russell Wilson last year absolutely torched the Houston Texans in NRG Stadium when he was playing for Seattle. And that's because uh, the Texans, and they still run it, uh, as, as I'm watching it right now, the Tampa 2-style defense. Drew and Locke if, torched the damn Texans. Come on. Right. Right. So <laughs> and that's when the Texans were good, you know. Yeah, really. And uh, so they've been running this Tampa 2-style defense, and Russell <laughs> Wilson absolutely – torched him with that Tampa two style defense. He just kept throwing to the middle. And for those that say Russ doesn't throw to the middle or throw to tight ends, you're absolutely wrong because look at last week and right. look at this last year's Texans game. Excuse me. Um, so if they decide to roll out there with this Tampa two style defense, you know, Russell Wilson is going to be like, okay, I'm just going to do what I did last year. I'm going to throw up the middle quite a bit. And that's that. Um, so yeah, offensive line, the Tampa two style defense, and then, uh, their defense has a lot of, uh, soft spots in it. I'm looking, I'm looking at Matt Ryan right now and he's just picking apart this, uh, this offense right now. Uh, granted the Houston went into the, uh, went into the game with, um, a lead at halftime, but it just, it still seemed like Matt Ryan was able to hold his own and do all this stuff as far as uh, controlling the offense stuff. They just couldn't capitalize. And Houston well, Houston had a few good drives going into the half, it seemed like, and they were able to get up on the, the uh, struggling Colts defense, which is actually kind of surprising because the, the Colts defense has a pretty solid defense as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, um, but we all know how that game ended up in a tie um, because – Field goal kickers can't – that week one field goal kicking was just uh, – it was a whole new level of bad. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, those are the big takeaways. I actually listened to – I don't know if you guys listen. He does a locked-in uh, podcast for the Denver Broncos for the Locked-In mm-hmm. Podcasting Network. Really good stuff. Like, he has some – he does them daily, uh, and I kind of just, like, throw it in there. It's a yes, – it's really good stuff. They really get into the – but one thing that I like is that Cody Rourke, he invites the uh, the opposing team's locked-in prog- uh, broadcast onto the show. So this week, obviously, it was the Texans uh, host versus Broncos locked-in host. And, uh, yeah, the Texans guy was echoing the same things. You know, they, 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 they absolutely have Burkhead. They want Damian Pierce to cook. Uh, right. Kind of. The- We're big on him here. <laughs> or Devontae Williams to kind of get majority of the snaps. 
all the Texans are feeling the same way with the first year running back in day. And uh, so that's a big thing. So, uh, and then, yeah, the Tampa too. That up in the pot. Kind of reinforce that is that <clears throat> if they decide to use defense, they're going to be in trouble because Russell Wilson, uh, according to last year when they played. So it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be, uh, I definitely think initially looking at it, it's going to be a huge bounce back game for the Broncos. I think in week Absolutely. two, Russell has one of the best records in after coming off of a week one loss. Like Aaron Rodgers in that way. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if he's like in the last like 10 years, he's 9 and 0 or something like that. Something crazy. Uh, yeah, those are my initial thoughts on it. What are you guys thinking? Um, so, one thing I really, I, I really looked into this game a lot earlier today. And, one thing I, that really stood out to me, I'll ask guys a couple quick que- or a quick question real quick. If I told you a team had 88 total plays on offense and over 500 yards, would you think that team won or lost? I'd think they won with a, a score over 50. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was the, what the Colts ran on the Houston Texans. They had 88 plays, 52 uh, pass attempts, and to- a total of 38 rushes. Wow. They had over 500 yards. They had... 40 minutes of time of possession. Now, Houston also had 30. But what I noticed watching that game is the Colts made a lot of the same mistakes we did in week one. Very, very similar games. Now, I think we made a lot more. Um, but they, they had just some bonehead mistakes in key moments. And if it wasn't for that, that game's a total blowout. You know, we're, we're talking, like Anthony said, 50 points to, to 20. You know, we're talking a complete and total blowout. And I, I think – I think the Houston Texans defense is in for a long day. Um, the boys, I think, are going to be able to pick them apart. And that Tampa, too, like you were saying, Zach, Russell Wilson showed, especially this week, he is more than willing to go to tight ends over the middle of the field. He'll take that check down. He'll, he'll take what you give him. And the Texans, from what I noticed in that game, they gave a lot. I mean, not only did Matt Ryan have over 300 yards, but Javante – or, sorry, Jonathan Taylor had – well over 100 yards rushing as well. Um, yeah. I think I think this offense is going to feast this weekend, and I, I think it's going to truly come alive once again. Isn't that great to hear that the Broncos' offense has the potential to feast? Because <laughs> yeah. it just hasn't been the narrative the last six years. So. Right. But anyways, Anthony, go ahead. Yeah. I, the biggest takeaway for me is if you play fantasy football – and you have Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon on your roster, start them this week. Yep. These running backs are going to run all over this defense. This, I think, I feel like the first week in Seattle, there was just like too much put into it, like too much pressure and drama with the Russ and Seattle stuff. But like this week, like I think you're going to see what this offense can do in terms of ground and pound and play action and big playability. And that's what Hackett has preached this whole offseason. Like, he commits to the run, but he also wants to take shots down the field. And this is, like, the perfect defense to do that against. It's the perfect defense to literally – we could. I don't care which running back is out there. They're, gonna, they're probably both going to have over 60 yards rushing easily. And that's, and that's being generous. And we should see some big plays down the field from Russ connecting with his receivers – and of course, like you guys have mentioned, both mentioned, tight ends. 
Russ, I mean, and I've heard it for 10 years, Russ doesn't use tight ends. Russ doesn't use tight ends. That's all he threw to for a quarter and a half Yep. on Monday. And it's obvious that we have a pretty deep tight end room all of a sudden that can actually all make plays. And I think you're going to see, put, they're going to put that on display. Like, and this is my, I'll say this guys, this is my last week of being super optimistic. Cause if they, if the Broncos fail me this week, then negative Anthony might come out, but oh, I, really, I, I really, I really, I really, yeah, I really do think that the offense has its way this week. And I didn't even know about the, about Russ cooking these guys last year. I don't remember that at all, but I'm glad you brought it up because it gives me even more confidence that he's going to do it again. I mean, the Texans, I know we talked about it when we did our preseason, like schedule breakdown and record prediction and stuff. And mm-hmm. I had, I had some higher praise for the Texans than I think you guys did, but they have some decent players and stuff. I think one of the big takeaways that I am going to bring up as like a negative for the Broncos is Brandon Cooks. And not just Brandon Cooks, the player, but Brandon Cooks without Justin Simmons out there now. Because he is a field stretcher. He's a super underrated uh, wide receiver who just year after year puts good stat lines together. And I don't know if that's a guy that necessarily that, – that PS2 will really shadow or – I mean, if, when he lines up on his side, he'll be, he'll be on him, of course. But I don't know if Brandon Cooks is a guy that Sertan's going to follow around the whole field. But he's a guy that can get behind a cornerback very easy. And now we have an all-pro safety, and Justin Simmons missing at least the next four weeks. So that's a little bit of concern, but it doesn't concern me enough to, like, be worried, I guess. And Yeah. Yeah, I think, ahead, um, I think what they're going to do in that game, because I really like that they had PS2 shadowing DK a lot of, a lot of the me games. Me too. Now, yeah, granted, that was great. DK is a much bigger threat than Brandon Cooks is, in my opinion. They're different. They're big threats in different ways, but DK scares me more than Brandon Cooks does. Agreed. But I think what they'll do early in that game is they'll kind of let Brandon Cooks go where he wants to go and kind of run what they want to do at first. And if he starts getting a couple catches early, they might just have PS2 shadow him, which I wouldn't mind if they do that anyways with Justin Simmons being out, like you mentioned. Um, you know, just lock down their one guy that can really hurt you and let everyone else just figure it out from there. Yeah, I, I keep watching this game right now. And uh, the Colts, yeah, you're right. Whoever, I think it was Anthony that said that. Nailed it on the head. Mistakes. Mm-hmm. So many mistakes. Was that you, Jimmy, that said that? Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, I was talking Jimmy, about that. I apologize. Um, you good? So, yeah, it just seemed like the Colts just had a very similar, definitely. Uh, now that you brought it up, the similarities between the Broncos and the Colts, like they had a muffled snap. Mm-hmm. Miss blocks, all of the above, and uh, I think this uh, Colts and Texans games could have been uh, uh, turned out completely differently compared to how it actually turned out, uh, resulting into a tie. Because, as you said, Anthony, I completely agree. Um, our running backs are going to feast uh, yeah. if they if they don't tighten up at all. Their run defense looks like the Broncos' run defense last year. Um, it is horrible. Um, so definitely a good thing to keep an eye on. And pretty much I'm not, I'm not too worried about Davis Mills. Um, I know he's not like an elite quarterback or anything like that, but you, you, you get... he faults, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. And so uh, 
the thing that I was actually listening to Altitude Sports the other day, and uh, Andy, the great Andy Lindahl in the afternoon, he actually follow each other on TikTok. Um, so he he brought up a good point about when you let Chubb play his position, his craft, what he's good at, he excels. Um, and the fact of the matter is that we saw a lot of that in the second half. You know, when you start having Chubb uh, or anything like that, he's out of his comfort zone. That's not what he was brought to this team to do. And another thing that Andy Lindahl brought up is that on one of the, uh, I think it was a jet sweep or something like that. Handler providing lead block for that, for that play. It's like, what are you doing? Right. Soaking wet, you know? Um, so I think the, uh, hopefully after this game, you know, it kind of just cl- paints the picture from the hack a little bit more. Let your players do what they're best at and just, Hey, I lost you, Zach. Yeah, but I lost Zach too. I mean, that's one of your biggest jobs as a coach, head coach. So, uh, so, Chubb, when he's out there in the same, he still has it. He had two sacks. Um, so, if you let Chubb and Gregory do their thing, I think Davis Mills is in for a really bad time for sure. Um, so, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about it. Uh, big takeaways. Run game is going to excel if the Texans don't tighten up. Provide pressure on Davis Mills. And take away Brandon Cooks. Those are the – I mean, those are my top three things to to do. It's not a tall task. I'm more nervous about the Seattle game than I was the Houston game. Uh, clearly, by our preseason predict- prediction. Before the Seahawks game, beating the Texans forty-two to ten. Um, but um, we still got to tighten up those penalties. You know, uh, penalties. We saw it last. It can absolutely dismantle your team. And if you give the Texans a window of opportunity, you know they're gonna they're gonna take advantage of all professional <laughs> athletes. You know, this is the NFL. Right. This isn't college. You know what I mean? Right. Where a handful of players on a on a team is going to go to the NFL and maybe make it onto the football squad, so tighten up those penalties. Play sound, discipline football. Don't do anything dumb. Um, the the crowd noise is going to be in your favor this game, so that'll definitely help out. Um, Hell yeah! But I, I I can't remember who was talking about it today. It was either. He's a brother. I can't remember who it was, but he has a tick. And one of the questions that was asked, he takes these questions and he encourages people that NFL style questions. How, how does crowd noise affect a football team? And he's like, that's a great question, you know, because crowd noise is going to be there regardless. In practice is they have blaring music, which is annoying can't hear your coach during practice. You can't hear what's going on, but it's to simulate, obviously to simulate during a football game. So when they go into a stadium, you know, you can't hear anything and you're relying off the silent count. Concept for the NFL players. 
if you've been in the NFL for at least a year or two, you understand that crowd noise is a factor. And the fact of the matter that the Broncos aren't going to have to face it this week, um, I think it's going to allow them a chance to Russell Wilson is doing his checks and his calls and all that stuff because that was an issue is that uh, I feel like a lot of the players didn't hear or understand what was going on because he couldn't hear Russell Wilson and what he was trying to check to and all that good stuff. But uh, this is definitely a good game for the team to get on the same page offensively, uh, learn Russell Wilson's cues and what he's going to do and all in a game like setting. And I mean, then you go back, uh, you have another home game the next week, and then you go into Vegas with noise. But granted, it's in Vegas, and I know King LV Raiders in this chat right now. So I just wanted to say Vegas is Mile High Stadium West, even more West, because when we go to Vegas, it just seems to be super orange. You know what I mean? What's up with that, King LV Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, real um, quick on the crowd noise, uh, our guy Itch Strez over here on TikTok says Davis Mills crumbles after his first in come please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I remember hearing oh, that for the see? first time yeah. in the stadium, dude, and I I felt bad about myself, and I wasn't. I mean, I'm not a player. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's very I, demoralizing. I heard, some, I heard a player. I forget who it was. Oh, man. I, I forget what I was watching, but it was in the last couple of years, and a player actually mentioned – oh, no. It was Cortland Sutton, I believe, talking to another Bronco player on the sideline. He was mic'd up within the last couple of years. And it was at Mile High Stadium. Broncos fans did the incomplete chant. And he even said, like, that – like, Cortland said, that has to be so <laughs> defeating to hear. It has to be so bad to hear as a receiver that just drops a pass or whatever the case may be. But yeah, I, I agree with you guys on everything that you guys are talking about with the Texans. The Texans should not beat the Broncos. And I don't think they should. Can. Not. I don't, I don't think they can no. beat the Broncos. I think it's going to be a lot like if, if the Broncos were to lose, it would be a lot like Seattle where they beat themselves. This team is not, the, the roster is nowhere near as talented as the Broncos. Obviously, the quarterback position, which is extremely important. Or Seattle. Know. Seattle has a better team. That's fair. Right. I, I, I agree with that, too. I think Seattle does have definitely has a better team than the Texans. So, the Broncos should not lose this game. If, by some miracle, they do, it's not because the Texans beat them. It's because the Broncos beat themselves, as they did in Seattle on Monday night. Quick, quick shout-out. Quick shout-out to Jimmy's puppies. Those are very cute puppies. But also... Quick shout out to Zoka Orange Crush. Greetings from, Bron- Greetings from the Broncos country. Couch in Germany. Let's ride. Let's that go. That is my guy right there. So we He's got a Jag game in London. Yep. Awesome. Uh, thank you for joining us, Zoka. We appreciate you. We hear you. And we love you. Love you. Much love. Let's ride. Let's um, ride. All right, so uh, that's pretty much sums it up for the Texans. Yeah, it's uh, Seattle Seahawks are a better football team than the Texans. Uh, Texans have a lot of lot of holes and gaps in their squad. Um, so, and I don't think Lovey just rally him up enough to win this football game. You know what I mean? And I agree with Anthony. It's just like for the Texans to win this game, the Broncos just have to go in and completely beat themselves like they did last week. And even mm-hmm. then, it's going to be closer than it was against Seattle, in my opinion. 
Um, I, even then, I could still see uh, a lot of scenarios where the Broncos still end up winning in a close game if they beat themselves. But um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I feel really good about this football game. I think this is a good, good bounce-back game for the squad. I think this is a good team. Like I was mentioning, get on the same page at home. You're going to hear a pin drop when the offense is out there because the crowd is very, very favorable to it's not like Vegas where Derek Carr is out there flapping his wings trying mm-hmm. to lower the sound during the offense. But in reality, it's another football team taking over the Vegas stadium. Uh, but uh, it's not going to be like that. You know, Russ Wilson's going to have a lot of time and a lot of uh, – it's going to be quiet enough to make his checks and all that stuff. So feel really good about this. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, you guys want to get into score predictions now. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. All I'm, right. I'm here for it. So I'll start before I had him with at a 42 to 10. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, 42, 13. <laughs> I'll oh, give them wow. another field goal. I'm going to stick with it. I feel really confident. Uh, the offense put over 430 yards on the Seattle defense who has a way better defense than the Texans. Uh, the fact that, like I mentioned, for the third time, beating that dead horse is that Russ is going to have uh, a choir stadium to work with. He's going to have more communication, open lines communication in that aspect. Everybody's going to be able to hear him. This offense is really going to be firing off, um, and I, I really see this offense just doing very, very well. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Broncos country is very loud, very, very loud, and they're going to be hyped. I know We're we mentioned see them it. Camera shaking. Yeah, we we mentioned it uh, during the uh, preview season podcast. Uh, the couple of them that this game on Sunday is going to be probably the most electric electrifying uh, stadium that we're going to hear in a long time since Peyton Manning time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be absolutely electric. The fans are going to be on one for sure. Um, so good luck to the Texans offense cheering anything. And, uh, when they hear that first incomplete chat, they're going to be, wow, that really hit me down to the core. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my prediction is uh 42 to 10. I'll write it right now. Um, and then, yeah. So you guys take it away. Hey, real quick. Can you, um, can you just run through what me and Anthony both had real fast? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let me pull it up. Let me write mine down. So it was 42-13. So, Jimmy, you had the Broncos winning 35-21. to 21, And then Anthony 30-16. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my 21 on the Texans. But after seeing the way the Broncos performed and the missed opportunities, I'm going 42-21. Okay. All right, we're going. We're getting three touchdowns. We're getting a three touchdown victory over them. Um, yeah, it's going to be pure dominance, I think. All right, I like it. Did you say mine was thirty to sixteen? What was that? One more time, Zach, please. Yeah, it was. Uh, hold on, uh, thirty to sixteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that actually. I think thirty the Broncos, to sixteen. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna keep thirty to sixteen. I think the Broncos are going to – I mean, they obviously moved the ball great against the Seahawks, and I think they're going to have even – I mean, they're going to look just as good. 
Oh, we lost you there, Anthony. You guys hear me? There you are. Yeah, we yeah. got you. I think they're gonna the Broncos offense is gonna look just as good this game, but they're actually gonna finish. And yeah, I, I don't think they go they go too crazy yet. I think there's still a lot of people are still a lot of guys on the offense are still getting used to the offense and you know getting comfortable with the play calls and everything. But yeah, I think I mean if the Broncos throw up thirty points, I am ecstatic, honestly. Oh, hey, so, give me a Brett Rippin touchdown. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> was a this the, garbage time? What was the game, Jimmy, that you projected or you predicted a Brett Rippin touchdown pass? Ah, oh, man, what was that? It was, was it, later. It, it was one of the forty. Here. No, the 40 yeah, looking back at the scores later in the season. You had let's see, Jimmy. Um, of course, I didn't write the team names down, but week ten you had a thirty-eight point game. Week 14, 38-point game, 35. I really don't see – I don't remember what game it was, but I definitely called it. Brett Maybe Rippin the last down. week? No, it wouldn't be the last week because that's the Chargers. Anyways, see a Brett Whippin, Rippin uh, little uh, garbage time touchdown. Just like sprinkle <laughs> that in a little bit, little salt bay. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, boys. Um Let's go, Broncos. I think this is a 100% a bounce-back game for them. You know, gather themselves, uh, really tighten up on those stupid, stupid penalties that cost them over 120 yards of, of uh, penalty yards for the other football team. Uh, don't, don't hand the other football team a win again. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically yeah. what happened. Right. I don't – I, I – I went on the record saying, like, yeah, Seattle, they played tough, which they did. You know, they played tough against us. And to top us 12. I more feel like, and I have felt like this, is that the Broncos beat themselves, you know. And uh, so don't let that happen again. Tighten up on those things, you know. You cut those penalties in half, you probably win that game in Seattle anyway. So. And that's that's six penalties. You know what I mean? Like, still don't, committing six penalties a game is still bad. You know, like, but right. uh, yeah, that, I, don't know, I don't know what else needs to be said about this. It's pretty straightforward with this football team. It's not, uh, you know, we're not getting into the Raiders or the Chargers or the Chiefs yet. So, uh, thankfully, like we said before, this is a pretty favorable start to the schedule. Uh, allows us time to. Uh, you know, figure ourselves out. And, oh, one thing I wanted to go back to, uh, remember that graphic I said uh, with Pay- how he yeah. never threw his, – his best game he threw for 339 passing yards. Russell Wilson already has that beat, man, <laughs> like in his first <laughs> game. Granted, uh, that was 10 years ago. Uh, and we started three and three. We got to, yeah. people got to remember that too. Exactly. And then we ended up winning 10 in a row or some, mm-hmm. some crazy thing went 13 and three that season. But, uh, um, Russell Wilson looks good. I have no, no qualms about Russ. I thought he did fairly well. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling good boys. Uh, do you guys have anything else you wanted to add to this? Not me. I, I think I don't, I'm good. Yeah. I think we hit everything. Cool. Uh, are there any other final thoughts about anything that's gone on in Broncos country that you guys is out to you? I'm just hoping for a, a quick recovery from Justin Simmons, man. You don't, yeah, you don't like to see that for anybody. Right. And, yeah. I agree. and real quick too, um, 
Justin Herbert last night. You know, I hope I hope he has a, a quick recovery as well. You know, you don't like seeing anybody getting hurt in the NFL. Sounds well, like he's actually day to day, so he'd probably yeah. be out there this week. Yeah, it sounds like it's a fractured. They categorize it as KJ as well. Fr- yeah, KJ. Uh, it's more of a maintenance thing, according to Hackett, though, from what I understand. It was more of just like a, a, a precautionary kind of thing. Uh, so, uh, Montreal, think, Washington. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Montreal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. I wanted uh, to bring Montreal up too. Okay. You go ahead, Anthony. You go ahead. Yeah. I, I w- if he could hear us talking, don't overthink it. He's on it. TikTok. Don't overthink it. The talent is there. The Broncos country believes in him. Go out there and just don't think about it and just play his game. It just seemed like he was a little overwhelmed in week one. And I think that's why it seemed like it looked like he struggled out there. And he did struggle out there. He didn't get the returns that we were hoping he was going to get, but we all have a lot of hope for him. I know I do. And I think once he just like goes through the motions, I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. 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 I, I, he obviously struggled, but that special teams unit for Seattle, there is so much money put into that. It's crazy. Um, so that's a solid special teams unit. Uh, it's Montreal, Washington's first regular season football game. So I think we're going to see, uh, a lot of, uh, production out of him a lot more production than we've seen teams unit so i'm so excited to see the kid go i think he's gonna do some good stuff for him and i can see him scoring from the backfield uh i think that's pretty solid prediction uh for this 17 game season so um so yeah keep an eye out for him too so all right well with that being said uh i think that's all i have Forward to Sunday. Um, still, still, still so great that football is back. You know, it just you, you gets you through the work week, all that stuff, the monotony oh, yeah. of some things. Um, uh, it's going to be a good time, and I'm looking forward to parking my ass in front of the chair and watching the Broncos game. So it's going to be a good time. Yes, back to those uh, standard 2 o'clock football games that we all One know a few. and love. <laughs> yeah, One a few this year. We got, um, got many night games. We do, yeah. So – um, looking forward to it, and yeah, let's get this dub and let's get ready for the Niners next week. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. All right, Finally. all right, boys. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, I appreciate everyone listening to the Couch Potato Sports uh, Denver Broncos podcast. Well, we, we have, have uh, a Colorado Rockies, Denver Nuggets, and a Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup champs podcast, and hockey's go. right around the corner. Rookie game. And they, I think they edged out the LA Kings today, three to two with all the rookies. So, you gotta love them. Yes, the Always love the dub with the Avalanche. Sure. So, Avalanche are the number one football team in Colorado right now, uh, as far as being high up. This is about this country, but I will pay due respects to the Avalanche for all their. Uh, so. You know, we're still Stanley Cup champs until proven otherwise, and. I'm looking forward to this hockey season in October rolling out. So it's going to be another exciting Again, three year for the boys. Here. There we go. There we go. I like it. Um, so yeah, be sure to check, check Wish those I could out. <laughs> we're on. Uh, we're also on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Be sure to check out the link in the bios and each of those social media links to all of the podcasts that we. 
Jimmy, I'm going to throw your TikTok in the link in bio. Right on. Thank you, man. Where to go and stuff like that. Uh, I need to do that for a while. I keep forgetting. Yeah. Life. (laughs) But anyways, uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Jimmy's TikTok, and then eventually I'll have Anthony's TikTok page in there if he stops being a boomer about it and he turns down the font on his <laughs> iPhone and he gets on to being a normal person. You know what I mean? So um, just make sure you do fall favor, keep the volume about halfway. So. Yeah, do. It's <laughs> well. Uh, Anthony and Jimmy, I like I say every every time I do this, I really really appreciate you dedicating the time to doing this podcast. And uh, it's been over a year since this podcast. It's been a fun ride, and I enjoy every second of it. It's not it's not uh, been a job or a task at the end of the day to finish out the day with this. Uh, it's always been fun. It always is uh, therapeutic in a way to just get our passion out for the Denver Broncos and the, the way we love. Um, so appreciate you guys. You guys are, you guys are all time. I uh, couldn't thank you more for it. So much love to you guys. hundred percent. Um, bro. Appreciate so, you, bro. Uh, with that being said, uh, bro, uh, Jimmy, you want to send us off? Oh yeah. Broncos country. Let's, Let's ride. ride. <laughs> See you guys. See you guys. <laughs>